We have the privilege of having Mary Jo Sharp from ConfidentChristianity.com on the Creation Today Show. Asked her to stick around and do an extended interview with us because Mary Ann had a question for Mary Jo that didn't get answered on the show. So Mary Ann, now's your time to All ask. All right. Well, we were talking about taking the, the stories head to head. And so you were saying that Mithras... His virgin birth was this emergence out of a mountain. Yep. Uh, his his death. death, he never had, he never <laughs> died. And resurrection, well, you have to die before you can be resurrected. So my question is, how can people believe this? How can so many people fall for this when the stories are so diametrically opposed? Yeah. It, it's just obvious that they're being strained. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, first of all, I want to say that I, I don't know a person's motive. You know, like I can't reach into the interior of their mind and figure out why they're committed to this. Um, I can guess, I can say, you know, sometimes when you don't study these things, because these things, these stories are, you know, they're ancient and a lot of them are written in archaic language and it's just not something you sit around doing, right? <laughs> Reading the stories. What are you doing tonight, honey? <laughs> yeah, like in my spare time, yeah. I'm going to bone up on the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Um, <laughs> So I think that when people hear these arguments for the first time, especially, they it just kind of rocks their world. Yeah. They're like, wow, um, this has been, they, they just take it for face value. Oh, that, you know, somebody wouldn't be telling us this if they themselves had really done this research, if they themselves had um, really done some scholarly work on this. You know, they wouldn't just put it into a movie or something without all that. We sort of tend to take that at face value. And that's not always the case. Sometimes people are using secondary sources, or like I mentioned, they're following a line of argumentation that had been put down years and years ago, but is still being utilized um, in pop culture, just not in the scholarly world. And so I think sometimes when you, you see this argument, uh, maybe for the first time on the internet, and, and you're like, wow, that, that's, that really sounds bad. You know, it really does look like Jesus was copied. But then when you start to investigate the sources, when you start to investigate, you know, what's the work that they're um, using and then who has refuted that work? Then you start to see, oh, OK, this argument's already been put down. In fact, when I started studying it, it was considered dead in scholarship. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. People ask me, well, why are you studying this? And I said, well, it's so popular on the Internet. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and people are still finding it via my website. So, um, you know, it needs to be handled no matter whether or not it's been considered dead in scholarship. It still needs to be handled. So I also think maybe, um, you know, without determining motive, I think sometimes when your worldview um, is that uh, that doesn't allow for belief in God, this would, you know, confirm for you. Oh, look, this is just the same as all these other gods. Yeah. So it, it sort of it feeds a confirmation bias. Okay. It can do that. Yes. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I, I, wow. I see all the time people looking for the excuse to reject Christianity mm -hmm. rather than taking a stand and saying, let me really, let me really find out. I want to be honest with myself and find out the truth. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot. I mean, Christianity is a very complex uh, belief system. And so there's a lot going on there. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy as just going one God further. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. I've got kind of two things that I'd love to go through. Number one, you know a lot about the external and the internal, the biblical evidence for Jesus Christ. I want to talk about that. But before we get there, I just want to know, there's a lot of Christians out there that they're scared to even watch a movie like Zeitgeist. 
They're scared to go on YouTube and watch some of these people as they just try to bash Christianity because mm -hmm. they think if I watch that, it's going to shake my faith. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them? That's a good question. Um, I would say that, you, you know, first, before you go off and you watch all the arguments against, you should probably know what it is you believe and why you believe it. And um, that was one of the things that, you know, really affected me. I went through a time of doubting my faith. I went through a time of saying, you know, I don't know why I believe in God. So if I had run into all these claims against Christianity without any basis for my own faith or why it is I thought my faith was true, uh, I think it would rock my world as well. And that's, that's one of the things that I would say is uh, you need to really know your doctrines. You really need to um, have thought deeply on why it is you believe before you get into all of these arguments. Um, I think that's, that's actually being honest with your own faith as well. Mm -hmm. And okay, so you are saying also that there are a whole bunch of scholars that can affirm that Christ was an historical figure. Could you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, actually that work um, has been done not by myself, but by Gary Habermas of Liberty yes. University. Um, he actually has surveyed around 3,400 um, works on the person of Jesus Christ and what we can know about him um, from 1975 to the present in French, German, and English. I mean, all of these works on the resurrection of Jesus. And these scholars he used, they range from theologically conservative all the way down to um, non-believers, atheists. So it's a broad range of scholars, all who have dedicated their work to what can we know about the resurrection of Jesus. And he found some basic facts that they all tend to agree on, that they have consensus, things we can know. So um, some of those, I'll give you uh, 12 that he, he has, oh, which nice. are- hey, get out, uh, get out your pen and paper. <laughs> 12 facts from secular, even atheistic people believe this yeah, about a, Jesus. All right. A broad range, right? A broad range of people. And these are the 12 that he came up with from what they agree upon, which is the first one is that Jesus died by Roman crucifixion. And that's a really important one because if Jesus died by Roman crucifixion, then he was a real being who really lived. He's a real person, right? So that's an important one when people want to say they think Jesus was a myth altogether. Um, so I can't co do commentary on all of them. We won't get through, but that was an important one. Uh, two, number two is he was buried at most likely in a private tomb. Three, that soon after his burial, the disciples were discouraged and uh, bereaved, despondent, believing they, and, and also having lost hope. That's what it, bereaved, despondent, having lost hope. Uh, four was that Jesus's tomb was found empty after his burial. That one's lesser accepted. I think if you talk to Gary, there's somewhere around 75% where all, is, all of scholars, whereas all the others are up higher in the 90s. Um, five, the disciples had experiences um, they believed were actual appearances of the risen Jesus. Six, due to those experiences, the disciples' lives were thoroughly transformed. They were even willing to die for this belief. And that's important because remember, they were there. They saw what happened. So they would ultimately know that this was a lie that they were proclaiming. Not, not just a lie they believed in because somebody told it to them. They were there. So that profoundly impacted me that they knew what had happened personally and were still willing to suffer martyrdom for that. 
Um, seven was the proclamation of the resurrection took place very early uh, at the beginning of church history. And Gary uh, will use 1 Corinthians 15, starting verse 3, as he'll show that this is an um, ancient creed that Paul says he's giving to them as was first delivered to him. He's passing it along. And he, you know, he states that 1 Corinthians itself is a very early work. So having received this, um, this proclamation of the resurrection already, um, it's, itself is very early. If Paul's early work is saying, hey, it was passed on to me. Eight, the disciples' public testimony and preaching of the resurrection took place in the city of Jerusalem, where Jesus had been crucified and buried shortly before. I love that. It's like, man, of all the places to lie, you don't lie right there no. in the whole, in the town that it happened. <laughs> After, also remember, uh, this isn't one of his facts, but they were told to disband. They were told to, you know, get out. And that's one of the things is there have been false messiahs before Jesus, you know, um, before Jesus coming as the Messiah. There have been false claims to messiahship. And that's one of the things is you, you stop that or you, you have capital punishment because it's blaspheming God. So, you know, this is a serious, it's not as, you know, today us looking back and going, hmm, I wonder how serious that really was. It was a very serious offense. So um, that, that public proclamation and testimony being around the city of Jerusalem is very important. Uh, nine, the gospel message centered on the death and resurrection of Jesus. These aren't later, um, you know, inventions. That's what the gospel message has always been, death and resurrection. He says, 10, Sunday was the primary day for gathering and worshiping. 11, James, the brother of Jesus and a former skeptic, was co converted when he believed that he had seen the risen Jesus. Another important fact, right? Yeah. The guy yeah, who was can, his brother. If you can convince your siblings, that's pretty good. I mean, yeah. I gotta tell you, I've got a brother and a sister. My brother's sitting right over here. And yeah, sometimes it's hard to convince him of things and hard for him to convince me of things. So, yeah. yeah. That's a, that is an important one because your family knows you, right? They know your history. They know who you are. James was not a believer beforehand, and he becomes a believer in Jesus Christ as the risen Lord after Jesus' death. So that's an important uh, fact. And then, um, of course, there's the last one, 12. Just a few years later, Saul of Tarsus, who we call the Apostle Paul, became a Christian believer due to an experience that he believed was an appearance of the risen Jesus. And Paul was an active persecutor of the church, and he believed what I what really impacted me about Paul is he believed he was righteous in persecuting the church because they, again, were blaspheming God by calling Jesus the Messiah, right? So... They were worthy of being put to death is in Paul's mind. He was doing a righteous act. This is a huge turnaround on the part of Paul. Yes. This is oh, a great is list. Powerful. And this is what even the atheistic scholars will agree on about the life of Christ. Well, it's, you know, not every single one of them, well, but this is the general consensus from yeah. the uh, 3,400 scholars that he surveyed. Oh my goodness. That's, that's amazing. A lot, that's a lot of work. Yes. That's amazing. So much yeah. work. Well, thank you, Mary Jo. And um, did we want to talk more about I these questions? Ask, yeah, can we take time to go into, I wanna, we wanted to ask, you know, again, I know Gary Habermas has done a lot of work on this. What do we have? So this is external. This is what scholars even outside of the Bible would say, what do, what do we have from the Bible? Do you have a list of that? Oh. Okay, so no, it's actually flipped. This is, the, this is what we agree from our biblical sources. Okay, so this is all biblical. We agree okay. on this biblically, okay? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. What else do we got? 
There's more? So, yeah. So further, um, Mike Lacona and Gary have done some further work because people will say, uh, well, you have no non-biblical sources or, you know, non what are your non-Christian sources? And, and, you know, that's that's a lot of times a skeptic will take that approach, like Bart Ehrman will say, hey, there's a lack of non-Christian contemporary sources um, on Jesus. And this is a problem. So I'm going to give you two things. I'll, I'll, first, I'll tell you why that's not such a problem. And secondly, I'll give you some sources. So um, first of all, it's not such a problem. Um, as Lycona replies, um, he has a great book called The Resurrection of Jesus, A New Historiographical Approach. And in there, he um, replies that there is the same number of non-Christian sources who mention Jesus within 150 years of his life as there are non-Christian sources that mention Tiberius within 150 years of his life, this Roman ruler, right? So both of, not only um, is it within 150 years for both, it's both of them have nine, nine non-Christian sources that mention them. That's wow. fascinating. Right. And uh, when you include the Christian sources for Jesus in that 150, 150 year period, you increase to 42 sources wow. for Jesus and 10 for Tiberius Caesar. Wow. You know, and that's natural due to the interest of Christians being, in, you know, about Jesus. But another, another um, comparison is Emperor Augustus, who is considered the greatest Roman emperor. He has, also has nine chief sources for, his, uh, for our knowledge of his life. Three of them are only contemporary with Augustus. A fourth writes within a 50 to 110 years of his death. And then the final four write within 100 to 200 years after his death. So Lycona concludes in, in the comparison with these great emperors, it's remarkable that you have four biographies of Jesus written within 35 to 65 years of Jesus's death. So um, that, that's one of the things that we should point out and remember um, as we're comparing and saying, hey, well, what are these non, what are the non-biblical sources and how come you have so few? Um, you need to remember those um, comparisons. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, compared when you think of the greatest Roman emperor and Jesus, mm -hmm. uh, just a good teacher for him to have the same or now more when you extend the time period. That's amazing. That right. Yeah. Okay. And you got to consider who the Jews were, right? This is a small um, nation. It's not a powerhouse in the world. And, you know, yet you have as many sources for Jesus that are not um, Christian sources as you do for Emperor Augustus. That, that's pretty impressive. So um, the other part was a list of non-Christian sources for Jesus and uh, Lacona cites, I believe it's nine, like I said, nine sources. So he has um, Tacitus, Pliny the Younger, Suetonius, um, Marabar Serapion, Thallus, <laughs> Lucian of Samsada, I believe he's the Greek satirist, you know, he's the Greek political commentator person. Uh, Josephus, a Jewish historian, uh, who's often, oftentimes there's controversy about his writing, but uh, it's only in reference to one part of his writing. The part, there is a part that mentions Jesus that is not under controversy, so we need to remember that when people say, well, you know, Josephus had some interpolation by later Christian authors. Yes, but not all of Josephus's mention of Jesus has had that interpolation. And then he cites just some rabbinical sources as well to bring us um, up to the nine. But yeah, there's, there are extra 
um, biblical non-Christian sources that mention Jesus, some of them hostile to the Christian faith like Josephus would be. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Wow. Well, well, you'll have to look up all of those uh, those people <laughs> and their quotes because so, I've read some of them and they are amazing testimonies. Yes. They tell us, you know, some of the things they tell us is that Jesus was a person. Uh, they talk about his death um, or they, you know, they, you'll even find out that um, his followers were teaching that he was the Messiah. These are the kinds of things they wrote about. So if you're like, well, that was a nice list, but what are they actually saying? Those are the kinds of things they are saying. And Tacitus um, was considered the greatest Roman historian of all time, and he wrote about Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's really wow. cool. It's an important fact. And I gotta Great. ask, what made you so fascinating and uh, fascinated in this? I mean, you've obviously studied well. I mean, this is amazing stuff that I'm writing notes on. What made you go? You know what? I gotta learn this stuff. Oh, it's the fact that um, several years after becoming a Christian, I um, had um, doubt about my belief in God. And so I said, you know what, I, I don't know what, if somebody said, why do you believe in God? Um, I wouldn't have had an answer, like any kind of evidence or reason. Um, I did have my personal testimony. I do believe I was saved and that I was convicted of my sin and I had a real salvation experience. But at the same time, I had, that was it. Like I couldn't tell you why I thought God existed. And so I began looking for answers to my questions. Uh, you know, is there any evidence in history, is there any evidence in philosophy and in um, general, what we call general revelation? Is there any evidence in nature? And as I began to look for answers to my own questions, I encountered Gary Habermas and Mike Lacona's work on the resurrection, and I that's thought it was fascinating. That's cool. Very Man, encouraging, too. Some I'm of sure. you need to go on a journey and go, Why do I believe what I believe? I know I've been on that journey. Mm -hmm. Have you been on that journey? Yes. That's what I thought. I know Mary Jo's been on that journey now. Very cool. You can go on that journey. Why don't you check out confidentchristianity.com and check out the work that she's mm -hmm. done. I'm telling you, we really can have incredible faith, incredible confidence. The word confidence is actually from, uh, what is it, from the Latin confidant, con, anyway, with it comes from faith. with faith. Yeah, with faith. with faith. We can have incredible faith in what God's Word says mm -hmm. as historically true. And God really does want the very best for your life. God wants to lay things out in a way that give you the confidence to live a life that you know you're living righteously, soberly unto God. So please jump in and check out for yourself how robust the Christian faith mm -hmm. really is. For those of you that question God or question the Bible, I dare you to be honest with yourself about what the facts present. That is a challenge. Mary Jo, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. We Thank sure appreciate you. it. Oh, thank you very much. I've had a great time. All right. Thanks. Keep up the great work. Yes. God bless, guys.